Hello guys, welcome back to the Talk Crystal Palace podcast. My name is Ollie. Episode 11 is right now. We've done 10 episodes of a podcast. I think that once you get to episode 11, you know, any old any old content creator could do 10 episodes. Once you're into 11, you know, you're in with the big boys. So I do appreciate the support from everyone um, since starting this. It's been like really, really good to see how many people have been listening, following on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, etc. It's It's way more than I expected at this stage. So Big thank you for that, uh, just to start things off. Stoke at home tomorrow in the FA Cup. Um, I love a midweek game. I was just saying this to uh, to my other half. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Whole family going. Potentially two wins from Wembley. Um, and I think the club's in good spirits right now. You know, Watford and Burnley. Burnley game may be a bit disappointing, but to get four points from those games, I think, is kind of, you know, what what we wanted. Uh, six would have been great, but four is certainly nothing to complain about. Um, and we're kind of gradually easing our way to safety in another season in the Premier League, in a transition season as well, uh, which, you know, I tweeted this earlier at TalkCPFC. Do follow me if you don't already. I tweeted this earlier that we've lost, we've lost kind of perspective on this season. You know, at the start of the year, we were like only thinking that 17th or above is, is a success. And now we're, we're annoyed that we're not pushing top half in Europe. So... Well done, Paddy V. Uh, we're nearly there. Keep going. Uh, and a cup run would be lovely. Uh, to Mark, you know, me becoming a, a veteran of podcasts with 11 whole episodes, I thought it'd be a good time to do a Q&A. Um, some of these questions are sent in kind of pre-Watford. Others today, um, all about Palace. Uh, there are a few questions that were not about Palace, which I will not be delving into. And to answer a couple questions, just straight off the bat, one plus one equals two. Thanks very much, Sam Waters. Uh, for that one, amongst others as well. Um, yeah, let's get straight into the questions. I'll give shout-outs as well to everyone who asked them. Let's go. So first question comes from Drizzy uh, at, at Drizzy CPFC. What is our best front three and how does Eze get into the fold for the future slash does he at all? Um, two parts to that question. I mean, part one, I don't, I really don't know. I'm still inclined to say purely on ability, Elise, Edward, Zaha, but... In term, I mean, those three have actually never played in front three together. I think I'm right in saying so. It's it's hard to say whether that's actually the case that they don't work together. But I do think Edouard is lacking something as a lone striker in the Prem. So I think in terms of chemistry and right now, it's Elise, Mateta, Wilf. But Edouard, uh, for me, like is really unlucky to miss out. And on ability, he's easily in our top three attackers. Um, it's bad to think that like people like Benteke and Ayu have both had good seasons actually don't even get in the mix for me, to be honest. Um, to answer part two of the question, Eze, um, I don't think Eze gets back into the fold as uh, a winger is the first thing I'll say. It is worth noting that Eze played out wide a lot last year and was good out wide last year. Not as like a winger, but in the 4-4-2, he is good coming off that left-hand flank. However, I do think Eze's future in the team is still at number eight, like in the Gallagher role. I think that we really should be trying to play him in that position minimum like next season, ideally some now as well. Uh, but I also understand that while Gallagher is playing the way he is, it's impossible to drop him. I hope he plays there against Stoke. Um, I just I just don't think... I, I think he's our third choice left winger, if I'm honest, behind Edouard and Wilf. I think that, you know, he's not going to play off the right. That's not what he's good at. He's not going to play up front. So for me, he has to play number 10 um, or like number eight, depending on the formation we're playing. So for me, that's where he's, he fits. I do think he has a future. He just needs time. He's still young. You know, the the career, the, sorry, the injury was not career ending by any means, but 
it would definitely slow him down and we've got to be patient with him. Uh, maybe we're being overly patient, overly cautious. Maybe we're managing him just right. I don't know. Like, you know, he's obviously got back way earlier than we thought. I think we're being very, very careful because, you know, next year he should be and could be a really, really important player for us. Uh, so thanks for the question, Drizzy. That was a good one. Uh, on the subject of Eze, George Emmett at Bernie Hipsty, uh, he asks, this is a juicy one. Would you, ta- would you take the hypothetical 45 million for Eze from Newcastle if it meant we could complete a permanent deal for Gallagher? Um, okay, so... Ooh. Right, I think Eze is a better technical footballer than Gallagher. I don't think that's actually really up for debate in terms of their, their techers, right? Gallagher has had one of the most effective seasons someone has had for Palace, like, in my lifetime this year in terms of what he has offered us all around the pitch and in terms of goals. Gallagher is also younger than Eze, just, but he is younger than him. And 45 million for Eze is a lot. And if you could guarantee that we could get Gallagher for that price, um, I would definitely think about it. Obviously, a, a one season is not enough to judge either player, I don't think. Gallagher, as I said, when the player is not that good technically, I'm always reluctant to, like, put all my eggs in that basket just because, you know, he's obviously very motivated this year to impress Chelsea. I think if we were to sign him permanently, he wouldn't hit the same levels. It would affect his confidence. He's a Chelsea fan. He is playing to impress Chelsea and we are reaping the the benefits of that. So... If I could guarantee that I could get Gallagher for that 45 million... I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I'm so... If you look at it completely objectively and you take you take emotion out of the equation, probably, yes. But Eze just fits a profile of ours. He loves Palace. We love him. I just... I, I don't think I would, but very reluctantly. And I think it may be a bit irrational to say that, but probably not. So, basically, that doesn't answer your question at all. Sorry, George. Um oh. It, there's, it's just like his head is massively head versus heart. My head says yes, my heart says no. Um, so I'm going to go for no. I love Ebbs. I don't think we'd get the same levels out of Gallagher next year. Um, and I also think that there's a very, very real possibility. I know this is kind of like swerving the question a bit. There's a very, very real possibility that we would have both within the next two or three years, uh, depending on how Gallagher does at Chelsea. That's that's my take. Uh, but yeah, that's a, oh, it's a tough one. You can talk about that one all day. Everyone feels so passionately about Eze and, and Gallagher, so I'll I'll kind of tiptoe around that one. But yeah, that, oh maybe a flat answer maybe from who who from the team? Sorry, this is from at CPFC Shush, please. Who from the team would be the most useful in Ukraine right now? Um, you see, a few years ago, Luca was the easy answer to that, but you know we've actually learned that Luca will not murder you at all. Uh, he does come from Serbia, though. Uh, that part of the song is true. I think, I think it's got to be Maka. He's got to be, he's got to be someone you want out of there. I think, I think are you are you would put a lot of effort in, but he can't shoot, which wouldn't help. Um, uh, yeah, I'd probably go Maka. I think Joel Ward actually. You know, I, I feel like he's the kind of guy who would really give it all. Like, and Vieira has given him a bit of an edge, so I'd probably go Ward or Maka. Um, I could also see Jack Butland quietly being like a really sharp shooter. So I'm going to go, f- I'm going to go Jack Butland. There you go. Random one. Macker is the obvious answer. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's a warrior on the pitch, warrior off it. Jack Butland, low key. 
would would do well out there. Hopefully, we don't have to we don't have to worry about that. That on the subject of the goalkeeper, um, Pride of South London TV, Ali has asked: Would Wayne Hennessy get in our team currently? Obviously, he would. Yes, he's the best goalkeeper we've had in the Premier League year, and no doubt about it. Next question come from uh, Tris at CPFC. Tris, how much would you take for our young players? Ebbs, Mitchell, Mark, Elise, etc. Um, right in terms of in terms of like the starting team that we have, uh, I'll go through it. Gay, um, oh, a lot. Like to be honest, I'd fifty mil probably at least right now. Sixty, I'd probably I would probably have him have for him. Mitchell less, I'd say thirty for Mitchell. Maybe even twenty five. Uh, definitely thirty. As a as discussed, probably 45, 40, 45, 50, maybe forty. Actually, depending on how he does for the rest of the year. Um, Elise, Elise is an interesting one, and people will hate me for this and say I'm deluded, etc. I genuinely think that Michael Elise will be worth hundred mil probably within the next two or three years. He is a joke of a player. His technique is insane. He is so 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 good. Right now. I wouldn't take anything less than 70 million for him, genuinely. Bearing when we signed him for 8 million in the summer, that is obscene. I now appreciate really how good a deal that is. Um, yeah, I'm not joking, probably 70 mil. Edward, um, uh, lack of game time, but probably wouldn't take anything less than 40, I think. Um, rattled through them, but basically, Elise is probably the, I'd say, right. He's probably the most valuable player we've maybe ever had, with the exception of Wilf. But even then, I think Elise is the most valuable player we've ever had. Controversial opinion, maybe, but he is going straight to the top. I've just realised as well, I had another question about the war from CPFC Balling. Which Palace player would have the highest KD? I still am going Jack Butland. James MacArthur, obvious choice, but I'm going for kind of like a wild card, Jack Butland. Um, I've just seen another one uh, from Guy at Guy CPFC. What is our best front three and why is it Zaha Mateta Elise? I, I did agree with you, mate. I agree with you. I did, I said that without even seeing that tweet, which I think is pretty impressive. Uh, at Cam CPFC, everyone's name has CPFC in it. I can't tell. Mine literally has the same. Why do I just say that? Anyway, Mateta or Benteke? That's a good one. Um, right now, Mateta... I think the thing, the problem is obviously Benteke's not played recently. I don't think it's as simple as all I say as Vieira's frozen him out and that he's not in favour anymore. Uh, you know, I think maybe COVID has affected him. We saw it happen with a few players this year. He did have recently have COVID and since then he's barely played. Um, you know, he might have another niggle. I, I don't think that he's just been frozen out at all. But Mateta, I think, has shown he offers a lot, like way more than we thought he did. He's actually really, really mobile, holds the ball up really well and is very progressive with his passing. Like Benteke has the tendency sometimes to take the easy pass and doesn't like look forward. Whereas Mateta is really hungry to get in the box and shoot and make things happen. Whereas Benteke is a lot tidier, but takes less risks, I think. So I will go for Mateta right now. Also the age thing, like long-term Mateta is a much better prospect, but that's obviously not the question. I think just about Mateta, but Benteke has had a very good season, like when he's played, to be fair to him. Uh, he he was firing and kind of looked back to his best. He's unlucky to not be playing as much as he is now, but I said, I don't think it's as simple uh, as just one or the other. Um, what is our best starting eleven from Triggs? Um, I think, to be honest, when you pick the, the front three, the rest picks itself, dare I say. I think 
Oh, well, goalkeeper's actually good, right? I still think Butland is our best goalkeeper. I think we should be he should be playing a lot more than he currently is. Um, the back four, oh, that's actually not as easy. Back four, at the moment, it's, I would say it's Klein, Anderson, Gehi, Mitchell. When Klein came in against um, Chelsea, I was not overly impressed by him, I must say. Um, but since then, I think he's played really well. I thought he was very good against Watford, um, which, was, which was good to see. And I heard he was good against Burnley as well. Like, I'm, I want him to be playing well but I do think that as soon as Ward's back he'll come back in but I don't necessarily agree with that I still think our best midfielder is Kiate MacArthur Gallagher um that they've just done it in a lot of games this year I'd love to see how many games they've lost actually playing together it really can't be many um and then I said the front three I think it's Elise Wilf Mateta but I do understand why we, I think we have now for the first time ever the capability of rotating based on our opposition um which is nuts. Like Crystal Palace can rotate front threes and leave the likes of like Edward and Ben Teke and maybe even Will for Elise on the bench. Like that is mad. We have we have come far. Um, but on the subject of uh, of rotation and kind of mixing and matching our front three, uh, this comes from Owen Hazon at Eonza zero twelve. I'm sorry, sorry, I probably butchered that. Does our inconsistent attacking selections mean we can't build fluidity and partnerships through consistent starts, which is why we're struggling to score with high-quality attackers? I think you've answered your own question there, mate. Yes, I completely agree. I think I don't think it's a coincidence that Wilf and Elise are, are now probably our most consistent... have been performing really well when they've, they've been on attackers who have most consistently started recently. And like, IU was really good when he was con- consistent, consistently playing. I completely get why we are mixing and matching the front three. As I said, we've got so much talent and different games require different things. For example, we didn't play a recognised striker uh, against Burnley, which I thought was weird, but we did against Watford uh, and we didn't against Chelsea. Like we can mix, we have that capability of mixing and matching. So I, I get both sides, but the fact that it's not clear, no one knows what Vieira's favourite front three is. And I do think that's a bit of a problem. Like, no matter how much we agree disagreed with Roy last year, which God, it was it was countless. It was very clear what his best team was or what his favourite team was, right? It was always Guaita in goal, um, Ward or Klein right back, like or again, whoever was fit at centre back, but generally like Dan and or Cahill and Kiate, PVA slash Mitchell at left back, depending on the game. But the midfield was settled. Like it would basically always be Luca, um, and probably like Jimmy Mack with Eze on the left, Townsend on the right, and then Wilf and Benteke up front. Like it was it was fairly consistent what we played. Um and you at least knew if we had a big game, you knew what the team would be. Whereas if we had the FA Cup final tomorrow, I wouldn't know what team we would play. And and like I don't know, I just I just think that's dangerous. I think it's dangerous to not have like a trusty, yeah, this is our best team. Um, because as you said, they can't build a fluidity. I think the maybe the reason that Mateta, Elise and Zaha is what I view as our best front three because they've played together more than anyone. Like, we don't really know what Edouard's like with Mateta or what Edouard's like down the middle with Elise and Wilf on the side of him. Like, we just don't know. So, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think that, that that's something I want to change. I uh, want us to change. Um, but while we have so many options, it'll probably be difficult to. Like, we just have a lot of good attackers and they all need game time and they need to stay happy. But I think, we, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there uh, is what I would say. 
This comes from Sam and Thuggin from Sam at Sam Wangangi. Um, should we play with two DMs, Hughes and Kiate, leaving out MacArthur? Um, in short, no. Like, and that's no. Sl- I don't think Hughes and Kiate would be a bad partnership at all. I think they would actually be really good together. Um, however, I just think MacArthur is showing this year he's so important to us playing well. Um, and Hughes is a great replacement for us to have lined up. And it's really nice to not have to worry about how we will replace MacArthur. But while he's still playing and capable of playing at this level, this is one of the best seasons I think he's ever had at Palace. And I just don't think that it warrants him being dropped. Granted, he doesn't have his legs to play twice a week, maybe even once a week, 90 minutes. I think, you know, Hughes will probably play against Stoke. And that's great because then you have an option who is strong and gives MacArthur a rest. Like we have real depth. If you look at our our like backup midfield and front three, you've got Luca, granted like he's not been good this year, but he's not like a shock well, actually right. No, he he has been good before, is how I rephrase it. Then you've got like Hughes and Eze and then Edward, like Ben Teke are you? Like that that's our second string. That was better than our first string last year, arguably. So no, basically no, I don't think Maka should be dropped. But I also have no problem with Hughes playing in front, in head instead of him. I really like Hughes. I think he's excellent. And I was gassed when we signed him. And I'm gassed that he's playing so well for us. I do think Hughes and McArthur are both better, better than Kiate, But Kiate offers us something so important. And I think we would easily get over running midfield without him. I think he's, even though like technically he's not as good as those two, he is more important to the team. And I think we saw that when he went to AFCON. And now since he's come back, we just look more solid again. Um, so yeah, I still think MacArthur and Kiate for me. That's the that's the first choice, like pairing to play with with or behind Gallagher or Eze or whoever Elise sometimes. Luke Fuller asked, "How much is Elise worth?" As I said, I think right now seventy. Genuinely, like again, that's to us. I I think a team a real a realistic bid we could get for him is probably like forty, but I don't think we'd sell for that, even given how much profit that would make us. Um, at J A Nine Baller. It says, Zaha lost some pace in the last year, year or two or no? If so, are his days in out and out wing are done, especially in light of his recent comments? Well, it's very interesting that he's played up front, I think, against Chelsea and uh, Burnley because that would maybe suggest that his days as a winger are outnumbered. However, I do think that even though he's not as quick as he used to be, in terms of taking a defender one-on-one and like explosive pace, accelerating past someone and getting a shot away on his right or left foot, He's, at, he's probably better than he's ever been at that. And I think that that does not mean that he should play up front. I think I would love to see Wilf dribbling as much as he used to. And like, if you look at the Spurs game, for example, this year, where he was, that's the one I really single out because for me, that was the best I've seen Wilf play in such a long time. And that's because he was get, getting the ball and he was running at people. And I don't understand why he doesn't do it. I know he wants to be more efficient. And look, his numbers have got way better. Like, he will easily hit double figures this year, I think. Like, easily. I think he's on eight already. Maybe even more than that. Like, he could... He's probably on track to have his best goal-scoring season. And granted, he's taking pens now. But I don't think that means he should play up front. I think he's still way more effective off the left. Um, Honestly, ideally, I'd like to see him and Edouard play together and kind of interchange. Although, it's obviously... You don't want the one getting in the way of the other. And Edouard clearly likes to play off that left wing. Um... So, you know, you could even do Wilf up front, Edward off the left. Like, Wilf give Wilf a bit of a free roll. I don't know, but 
he definitely has got slower. He's not like like the traditional winger that he used to be. But I think also just football's evolved. Like there, he was very unique with the way he played. Like him and Balassi, he's just evolved with the times. And yeah, it's not as entertaining or as fun as he used to be. But he's now just like ruthlessly efficient. I would say. Um, so yeah, I do kind of I miss the old Wilf a bit, but. I don't think the new Wilf on the left is any worse, technically. Like, he's, if anything, is way more reliable as a game winner. And the last one from at Roy L. Parker, the Palace Masters team starting five. So for those who don't know, Masters football is back. Um, Masters, Masters football was something I grew up on, like in the summer. They'd show replays of it. It was so fun. Um, and I would, I'm looking forward to the reboot just because I think I will know a lot more players than I did back then. Um, I don't think, again, for the record, I don't think Palace are actually in it. Um, but, I mean, if we were, got to be Jules in goal. Uh, Speroni in goal. If it's a starting five, you've got to do like a goalkeeper and then like a 1-2-1, one, one, really, haven't you? So who would play centre-back? Maybe like Powell. I could really see Darren Powell playing there. Tony Popovich. Uh, Fitz Hall, that'd be a good one. Or you could do like Paddy McCarthy, but that's too unrealistic. I could really see Powell playing there or Clint Hill. Um, oh, Lord, mate, there's so many options. Scott Scott Dan, he's basically that old now. Scott Dan would be a great Masters footballer. I'm going to go for Powell. Midfield, um, oh, Hughes, not Will, um, and Aki Rihilati. I'm just going through that team, though, mate. That was like my earliest Palace team that I remember. And up front... It's got to be AJ, surely. Got to be AJ. Maybe Clinton Morrison. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll go Speroni, Powell, Hughes, and uh, I've already forgotten the other midfield. Oh, maybe Darren Ambrose. No, Darren Ambrose, I think. Uh, yeah, Darren Ambrose with Hughes and then AJ up front. Oh, that'd be filth. Maybe you could have Jedi in there, but nah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I would go for. Good team, that. Good team. And that was the last question. Thanks so much for your questions, guys. I'm sure I'll um, I'll send another tweet out at some point asking for them. Really appreciate that. And as I, as I said, I appreciate the love I've had on this podcast. It's been really, really fun doing it. Um, and I'm, a, I'm officially, I'm all in. Don't you worry about that. Um, just like Palace are all in to win the FA Cup. And I've gone all in on them to win it. Um, yeah, buzz over tomorrow. Should be a fun night. And potentially one win for Wembley. I don't want to get excited but it's too late. I am. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As I always say, appreciate the love. Share it with your friends. Share it on Twitter. Um, you know, I always appreciate people kind of giving me a shout out in that way. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well, at TalkCPFC, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Come on, Palace.